You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season, it will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. As for me, I'm bunkered down at home with multiple TVs and a 12-pack of Pepsi. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And we are going to have some excellent football watching content ahead this weekend, especially The Tennessee Titans at home going against the division rival Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm here to break everything down for you guys, give you my keys to the game, what the Titans will have to focus on to secure a victory, give you my players to watch, which players will have the biggest impact on the game for the Titans on Sunday. And then we will dive even deeper into what I expect to see from the Titans schematically on offense and defense. From a scheme perspective, what will the Titans focus on and what will the Titans try to exploit against the Jags on Sunday. And then we will round out our game preview going over all of the fantasy and gambling information you need to know surrounding the Tennessee Titans game against Jacksonville. Very excited to continue to break everything down with you guys as I have been doing throughout the entire season and all season here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream and following me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans as I post my Tic Tac four pack film breakdown, my Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns in general, and bring you Monday through Friday audio content on the Tennessee Titans throughout the entire season. We have a big game to get into today. My keys to the game, my players to watch, a schematic deep dive, and then all of the fantasy and gambling information you need on today's Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. The battle for first place in the AFC South will take place on Sunday in Nashville between the Titans coming off an ugly victory over the Broncos in Denver on Monday night and the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off an upset victory over the offseason darling Indianapolis Colts. And one thing to consider when you look at that result is the Colts thoroughly outplayed the Jacksonville Jaguars, outgaining them on offense, but as he is accustomed to do, Colts quarterback Phillip Rivers threw a few terrible interceptions that made things a little bit easier on the Jaguars offense. So with that in mind, let's dive into my keys to the game and my players to watch in this Tennessee Titans Week 2 game preview. First, the number one key for the Titans to secure a victory at home on Sunday and take 
over the lead solely by themselves in the AFC South. They will need to, on offense, pass to set up the run. Often we hear that the Titans need to run the ball, not just the Titans, any football team from Pop Warner all the way up to the NFL. You have to run the ball, establish the run, and that allows you to be effective in play action and in the pass game later on. Well, in this game, because the Jacksonville Jaguars defense was actually exceptional against the run, and when you look at the Indianapolis Colts with their stellar offensive line and talented backfield, it was impressive that the Jags were able to hold that Colts rushing attack to only 88 yards. So the Titans have to look at the box score and see that while they held the Colts to 88 yards rushing, they gave up 357 yards passing to the Colts. So from my vantage point, the Titans need to pass early to loosen up that Jacksonville defense, which will allow them to have more success in the run game later as the game continues to progress. So the Titans need to come out throwing early, and I think not only do they need to throw short, they also need to take some shots deep against this Jacksonville Jaguars secondary that hasn't proven through one week that they can cover with any consistency whatsoever. The second main point for the Titans in the game plan needs to be press coverage on defense. Jacksonville excels with a quick passing game. Gardner Minshew isn't the kind of guy who's going to sit back in the pocket, read the defense, let something develop, and attack downfield. Minshew is the type of guy who wants to get the ball out of his hands very quickly, get the ball to his playmakers, don't make mistakes out there, and the Titans need to take away those quick passes that Minshew had success with in week one and last season by pressing the wide receivers, getting physical with them, at the line of scrimmage, disrupting the timing of the Jaguars' West Coast offense and making Garner Minshew progress through his reads, read the defense, and maybe try to extend plays out of the pocket. The Titans need to press the Jags' wide receivers as it's not an incredibly talented group outside of star DJ Chark. The third final game plan point for the Titans, the third key to the game, will be winning the turnover battle. As I mentioned, the Jags were only able to get back into that game that they were thoroughly outplayed in against the Colts because the Colts gave them turnovers, which gave the offense short fields and made it easier for the Jags offense to score. The Titans won the turnover battle against the Broncos, and thank God for that, or they would have most certainly lost that game when you combine the kicking issues and the ineffectiveness in the run game early on. So those are the three keys to the game. Win the turnover battle, press the Jaguars wide receivers and throw off the timing of the offense, and then use the passing game to set up the run on offense. The three players to watch... Cornerback Malcolm Butler, I would imagine he will get the opportunity to go one-on-one with DJ Chark. That is the Jaguars' number one target on offense. If Butler can take him away, it'll spell good things for the Titans on defense. Then, rookie running back Darrington Evans should make his first appearance of the season. As mentioned, the Titans will need to pass the ball to set up the run, in my opinion, and that'll include getting Darrington Evans involved in the screen game. And then, the final player to watch will be Adam Humphreys, again, like I mentioned, the Titans need to throw the ball to set up the run early in the game. Humphreys had six catches for 47 yards and was incredibly effective against zone coverage. 
in zone coverage. So let's recap my three keys to the game for the Titans. Number one, on offense, use the passing game early to set up the running game late. Number two, on defense, press the Jags wide receivers and try to throw off the rhythm of their West Coast offense. And finally, number three, win the turnover battle and do not give the Jags offense any short fields to work with. The three players to watch, Malcolm Butler at cornerback with a one-on-one matchup and what I expect to be heavy man coverage on DJ Chark, rookie running back Darrington Evans getting involved early in that passing game, and same thing with wide receiver Adam Humphreys, who does a great job of finding holes in the zone and can help the Titans get that passing game going early to help Derrick Henry out later in the game. I'm going to continue to dive deeper and deeper into the schematic elements I expect to see in the game against the Jags, but before we do, let's talk about Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. Next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. Let's continue this Friday game preview as we take a look at the upcoming matchup for the Titans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And in our first segment, I gave you my three keys to the game. Pass to run, heavy press coverage, win the turnover battle, my three players to watch, Malcolm Butler, Darrington Evans, and Adam Humphreys. But now I want to dive even deeper into this game from a schematic standpoint or a philosophical standpoint to tell you what I expect to see the Titans do to take advantage of some of the things I saw from the Jags on tape from their week one matchup against the Colts. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball for the Titans as we dive deeper and deeper into this game. And what I want to see is, as I mentioned in the first segment, I want to see the Titans pass to set up the run early. And I know that conventional wisdom is that you need to establish the run so that you make play action more effective. Well, the reality is there are a ton of analytics out there that point to the fact that Play action effectiveness is actually not affected by how successful you are in the run game. Basically, what I'm saying is, even if Derrick Henry is having a bad day on the ground, the chances are that the Titans' play action fake will still be just as effective regardless of how the run game is doing. So, from that perspective, it will actually make sense for the Titans, and I think it's a philosophy that they're going to have to follow throughout the season because of the way teams are going to play Derrick Henry this year. Everyone knows what the Titans are trying to do. And somebody like Vic Fangio from the Broncos giving the league, the NFL is a copycat league. So Fangio has put the blueprint out there for how to slow down 
Derrick Henry in the run game. Both games, Derrick Henry hasn't been very effective. And although I know a lot of you are screaming at your radio station or screaming at your phone right now that Derrick Henry went over 100 yards, it was less than four yards per carry. It was not a good day. People can put up stats and not necessarily have a great day playing. Somebody like uh, Russell Westbrook or LeBron James in the NBA can put up a ton of stats and and barely even try. LeBron James has had 30-point triple-doubles where he didn't necessarily play good in the game. Same with Russell Westbrook. So not condemning those basketball players. Everybody, you know, keep your wits about you here. But just as a comparison, Derrick Henry put up a 30-point triple-double. He went over 100 yards rushing, but he did not have a good game because the Broncos were so keyed in on stopping him. So what I want the Titans to do is loosen up that Jaguars defense early on with the passing game because the Jags gave up only 88 rushing yards to a good Colts running offense and then gave up 357 passing yards. So let's take it deeper now. And and the deeper analysis there is I want the Titans to go down field. The Titans didn't take any shot plays against the Broncos. You know, the, the deep passes to Cleef Raymond off play action, throwing a 50-yard bomb to AJ. We saw them be very conservative on offense, but they were taking what the Broncos were giving them. The Jags are going to give the Titans a lot more opportunity to strike downfield. And if the Titans want to loosen things up, push those safeties back a little bit, make those linebackers think a little bit more about their pass coverage responsibilities, that's going to help the Titans get going in the run game later. And the Titans will throw to score and run to win, just like they did in the playoffs. Tannehill threw touchdowns for the Titans to score in the playoffs, and then they salted away those games by running it down those teams' throats. The Titans need to take that tactic here, and although Tannehill didn't put up a bunch of stats throwing the ball in the playoffs, the philosophy needs to stay the same. Throw the ball to score, throw the ball early, set up the run late, and one of the ways that the Titans can do that and have success doing that is to take shots downfield, which will loosen up the Jags' defense, hopefully connect on a few of those deep shots as well, but also... And this is my big point here. The Titans need to utilize the screen game. And that's why I put Darrington Evans as one of the key players to this game. Evans is going to play. The Titans didn't have anybody out there to really play. I mean, McNichols played some snaps, but we have to be honest with ourselves. There's a reason he was on the practice squad for most of, you know, the last week or so, and then he was finally brought up for the game because the Titans had injuries to Evans. Evans is a better player. He's a more effective player. He's somebody that the Titans can actually use out there and expect some consistent production. That's why he was drafted in the third round. Darrington Evans looks like he's on track to play this week, so from my perspective, the Titans need to utilize the screen game, get Darrington Evans involved, keep Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry can't have 30 carries again, guys. He can't have 30 carries a game the whole year. He's going to wear down by the playoffs. So get Darrington Evans involved early and often, especially in the screen game. And if you go back and look at the tape from the Jags against the Colts, the Colts killed the Jags with screens, just murdered them with screens the entire game because the Jags defensive front is very aggressive. They shoot gaps, they fire off at the quarterback, they don't worry as much about their responsibilities and their gap integrity, so you can really hit the Colts with screens. I think the Titans need to utilize Darrington Evans in the screen game early to loosen up that Jags defense for Derrick Henry to bring them home late. Moving on to, so that's aggressiveness, go downfield, the Titans cannot leave 
this game up to the kicker. They can't let that happen. So be aggressive in the passing game, utilize screens, and also make sure that they take shots downfield at smart times during the game. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. I encourage you guys to check out NFL Game Pass and go check out that Colts-Jags game. You'll see a lot of the things that I'm talking about and how I came to these conclusions. Not only that, you can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place, all the time. And the NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll learn from some of the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never sleeps. Moving to the defensive side of the ball. So as I mentioned earlier, I want the Titans to press the Jaguars wide receivers, take away those quick rhythm throws that are so important to the West Coast offense and so important to a guy like Gardner Minshew. Minshew's not going to beat you down the field. He's not an accurate deep ball thrower. He's a guy who, like I said, likes to be in a rhythm, short passes, game management, keep the game flowing, keep the offense ahead of the sticks. That's the whole The whole point, the whole philosophy behind the Jaguars' offense, the Titans have to disrupt the timing with press man. Now, I talked about press, but let's talk about the coverage that goes along with that. The Titans have to run a ton of man-to-man coverage. I am not concerned about the Jags' weapons. Keelan Cole, you look at Colin Johnson, the rookie out of Texas. LaVishka Chenault is a, a good weapon, but he's not really a pure wide receiver right now in terms of crisp route running and his alignment. He's being used as a gadget player in that offense. So the Titans really only need to be concerned with DJ Chark beating man coverage. And if they put Malcolm Butler on him, which was one of my key players to the game, put Malcolm Butler on Chark, press him, be physical with him at the line of scrimmage, jar him with you know punches to the shoulder pads, disrupt the timing, but don't let Chark beat you deep. Malcolm, please be physical, but be smart. But the whole point is the Jags don't have a lot of weapons that terrify you or concern you. So the Titans defense needs to challenge them, make them beat man coverage, make them create separation, get in their face and make them win one-on-one matchups and man coverage. So press those guys, but not only man. You can't just run man all game because the offense, Jay Gruden's a good offensive coordinator. He's going to scheme guys open using trips, using bunches, using alignments and formations. He's going to get guys good opportunities to get open with rubs and picks and things like that if the Titans just go full man all the time. Another way that they can press guys at the line of scrimmage while not you know, telegraphing their coverage is by using cover two. So we talk about different coverages on this show a lot. Cover two, a Tampa two is is 
really what I'm looking for, where the cornerbacks, the outside cornerbacks for the Titans have the flat, basically from the line of scrimmage to the the first down marker, if it was first and 10. They have that flat area, the sideline, the line of scrimmage, looking for people sitting down on curls, looking for uh, running backs coming out for swing passes into the flat, and then you have two safeties deep, Vaccaro, Bayard, uh, Bayard, Hooker, either way, and they have each of them are splitting each half of the field, and then you'll have the slot cornerback and the two linebackers inside, or you know a safety, a slot cornerback, and a linebacker. Think Vaccaro, Jayon, and Fulton or Jackson on the inside, covering everything in the middle there. I think that the Titans can basically look like they're playing man if they play a ton of man early on. Throughout the game, they can align in that press man coverage with two deep safeties, but then ultimately that be cover too, and you can maybe confuse Gardner Minshew there and create some turnovers. Also, the Titans roll coverage a lot where they have their safeties in certain positions, and then before the the snap for the offense, they rotate their safeties to give a different look. So the Titans can start with a single high safety deep, one safety deep showing a cover three or a cover one man look, and then they can rotate their safeties into a cover two look with two deep safeties, but still play that press man or that press philosophy up on the wide receivers in their cover two, their Tampa two coverage. So those are the things I'm expecting to see from the Titans on defense. The last thing that I want to mention here is the Titans, with that man coverage, they need to have five man rushes. Last week I said that the Titans need to rush four and keep seven back to help their young secondary. This week, because I'm not overly concerned about the weapons for the Jags, I think that the Titans need to rush five that would be, uh, you know, an extra blitzer along with the four down linemen. So the Titans need to rush five, get pressure on Garner Minshew from the edges, from the edges, and that's going to push Minshew up in the pocket, and that's not how he likes to play. He likes to get outside the pocket, extend plays, use his mobility, use his legs. So if the Titans can bring a five-man rush, whether that be a linebacker up the middle with the four down linemen, or especially cornerback blitzes. The Titans need to blitz off the slot. That's going to cause Garner Minshew to step up in the pocket because he's getting pressure from the edges. So he's going to step up in the pocket right into Jeffrey Simmons, right into an interior A-gap blitz from Jadavian Clowney. Don't let Garner Minshew break contain and get outside the pocket and do what he does best with that improvisational skill. Bring heat from the edges on on slot blitzes to push him up in the pocket and make him beat you from the pocket. That's how I, I guess that's my opinion of how the Titans can beat Garner Minshew. Play press man coverage, rotate in and slide in some cover two, slide in cover three looks that turn into cover two or cover one man. And when you're in those coverages, blitz off the slot or off the edges to push Minshew up in the pocket rather than letting him get outside of the pocket, and I lied to you guys, that wasn't the last thing I want to mention, the very last thing that I want to mention, that if all of these defensive things that I'm mentioning, uh, blitzing five, playing press man, if all of those things are going to work, the Titans have to tackle, because they're going to be in one-on-ones, if Gardner Minshew does get rid of the ball and completes a pass, you're on an island, the defender versus the, the guy that he was manned up against, and the Titans have 
to tackle in those situations. Whether it be getting Garner Minshew down in the pocket when they have the opportunity so he can't escape, or it's after a completion and the Titans are one-on-one in space with the guy who caught the ball. If the Titans are going to play with this philosophy that I've described, then tackling will be of the utmost importance. Because if you're playing press man one-on-one after a five-man blitz and they complete a curl on the left-hand side by the sideline and then the wide receiver breaks a tackle, he's going all the way down the sideline by himself for a touchdown. So the Titans are going to have to be disciplined in their tackling form and their fundamentals and make sure they get guys on the ground if completions uh, are made. So that is going to do it from my schematic deep dive. Went long for you guys. Two different segments in the middle of the show. That means we are going to have a fourth segment to round out today's show. So we are going to get to my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy preview for the Titans cover season long and daily fantasy and also get into keeping it plus 100 where I'll go over all of the gambling information you need to bet the Tennessee Titans game this weekend. going to cap off this Friday game preview with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview and the gambling segment keeping it plus 100 but before I dive into that I want to update you guys on the most recent injury report for the Titans and the Jags so let's just go down here wide receiver Corey Davis who did not practice on Wednesday was limited on Thursday with a hamstring safety Kenny Vaccaro who did not practice on Wednesday with an illness was a full participant on Thursday outside linebacker Vic Beasley the mystery man was a limited participant with a knee injury on Wednesday but was a full participant in practice on Thursday A.J. Brown, the star wide receiver, dealing with a little bit of a knee injury, was limited on Wednesday and did not practice on Thursday. Right now, the feeling in the air is that A.J. Brown won't play in this game. And quite frankly, as I mentioned on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, I think it would be a good opportunity for the Titans to sit him down for the week and let him rest up for the rest of the season. While the Titans do need A.J. Brown, I think that they can win this game at home against the Jags without utilizing him and allowing him to be healthy for the stretch run. It's very early in the season, guys. The Titans are going to need A.J. Brown later, so maybe sacrifice this game here like the Titans did with the Saints and Derrick Henry last year. Make that sacrifice now with a home game against a division rival you have a good record against. Let A.J. Brown sit and heal and, and get him right for the rest of the season. A hindered A.J. Brown isn't what the Titans need. Moving forward to Jadavian Clowney, a hip injury had him on the injury report on Wednesday as a limited participant, but he was a full participant in Thursday's practice. In my opinion, that was a maintenance day for a guy like Clowney who's still trying to get into football shape after missing the entire offseason. Offensive lineman Jameel Douglas, who did miss the game on Monday with a hand 
hand injury, was a full participant in Wednesday and Thursday's practice. Darrington Evans, the rookie running back, as I mentioned earlier, hamstring injury, but he was a full participant on Wednesday and then limited on Thursday. So we will see what that means for his ability to play in the game. But once again, I'm hearing in the air that he will be able to suit up. Outside linebacker Derek Roberson, a knee injury, full participant on Wednesday and Thursday after missing the game on Monday. And then Malcolm Butler was added to the injury report with a quad injury on Thursday and was limited. And then Taylor Lewan was out of practice on Thursday with an illness. In my opinion, this illness designation, while it could be true... I think it might be a code for a maintenance day for some of these veterans that the Titans want to keep healthy. But that's on the Titans side. On the Jags side, they are not as beat up as the Titans. Defensive end Josh Allen has a calf. He didn't practice Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. Tight end Tyler Davis, a knee, did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. Tight end Tyler Eifert, not injury related, didn't practice Wednesday, was a full participant in Thursday. That is also the case for the next two players, cornerback DJ Hayden, center Brandon Linder. Two new additions to the injury report are tight end James O'Shaughnessy and defensive end Adam Goddess. But even though they didn't practice on Thursday, their injury is not injury related. So not a lot of significant injuries for the Jags at this time, but let's get into my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview. First off, from a season long perspective, in my opinion, if you have Derrick Henry, you're playing him every week, no matter what. Doesn't matter what takes place. You're playing Derrick Henry. You drafted him to be a stud. You need him to be a stud. You took him in the first round. Play Derrick Henry no matter what, especially against the Jags. Jonu Smith. If you drafted Jonu Smith, in my opinion, you've got to play him. He's somebody who's going to get targets. He's going to get opportunities. Yards after the catch. He's going to get looks in the red zone, as we saw on Monday night. Play Jonu Smith in season long. But Where I sit now, that's probably the only Titans players you really need to make must-starts in your season-long lineup. But when it comes to daily fantasy, looking at daily fantasy, I think that Derrick Henry, although he's the fourth most expensive running back at $7,900, I guess, units, whatever you want to call it, I think you can play Derrick Henry. You can build your lineup around Derrick Henry because I said I want the Titans to start with the pass early, but they're going to salt this game away with Derrick Henry. They may be up by, you know, 9 to 10 points at some point in time. Maybe I'm overly optimistic, but that's how I see the game going, and Derrick Henry will salt things away late. So he should be uh, uh, still a good play. I'm a little up and down about Henry because of his cost, but uh, could build your lineup around Henry if you got some good, cheap options at other positions. Some guys who I really think are great fantasy, daily fantasy football options, though. The three names I just mentioned, Jonu Smith, Ryan Tannehill, Adam Humphreys. So Jonu Smith, he's only $4,200, the 14th most expensive tight end. With everything I just said, get Jonu Smith in your daily fantasy lineup. Adam Humphreys, though, every time you play Daily Fantasy, you're going to look for a really cheap long shot option, whether it be your flex, your last wide receiver, whatever it may be. Somebody who not a lot of people will pick a little bit off the beaten path give you a cheap option so you can stack out your lineup with some other more reliable options. I think Adam Humphreys is that this week. I think he's going to get a ton of opportunity early against the Jags in the past game. We saw him and Tannehill get that, 
you know, continuity, get that chemistry going last week, and I think they'll continue to build upon that. So to me, Adam Humphreys at $3,400 as he's further down the list than the 70th wide receiver. He's not even in the top 70. Get Adam Humphreys in your daily fantasy lineup. Save yourself some money on a cheap option and stack out the rest of your lineup with a guy maybe like Derrick Henry. But moving forward, so Jonu Smith, Adam Humphreys, good fantasy, daily fantasy options. I also think stacking Humphreys with Ryan Tannehill because I want the Titans to pass early. I want them to take shots down the field. This Jags pass defense is not good. It's a ton of young players. They lost A.J. Bouye. They lost Jalen Ramsey. They traded Ronnie Harrison. This is not a good secondary. Ryan Tannehill can take advantage of them early. Ryan Tannehill and Adam Humphreys, an awesome daily fantasy stack that will allow you to spend a lot more money on some high-priced targets at other positions. So, Jonu, Humphreys, Tannehill, good for daily fantasy. Jonu, Derrick Henry, good for season long. That's how I see things for my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy preview. Moving into keeping it plus 100 for all the gambling information about the Titans game. Now, I want to say up front, I'm not a gambling expert, anything like that. If you're gambling, make sure that you have the, you know, discretionary income to be able to gamble. First of all, be responsible when you're gambling, first off. That's the number one thing. But, let's get into some of these numbers. Well, first, let me kind of recap what I saw last week. Last week, I had the Titans at minus three, thought it was excellent. I had the over 34 with a tease, so I was going to tease the Titans from minus three to plus six, or to plus three, minus three to plus three on a six-point teaser. Take the over-under that was 41 down to 34 and bet the over. Well, Goskowski screwed me. If the kicker just makes two of his freaking kicks, then the Titans win by more than three, and the score goes over 34. So damn you, Goskowski. Damn you. And sorry if anybody's offended by the word damn. I think it's a very PG curse word. So I try. I don't say the F word. I don't say the S word. I don't say anything like that. So let me know if for some reason that's a problem for you and I'll try to amend. But damn is a a word that's safe and allows me to project some emotion. So let's move on from my virtue signaling about curse words, whatever. Moving into this week's gambling information though. The Titans. Minus 10. The Titans are 10-point favorites. That's too high. I, I mean, I expect the Titans to win the game, and I, I, I don't think it's crazy that the Titans could win by double digits. But from a gambling perspective, that's way too many points to give an NFL team, in my opinion. I would not take that bet. I would not put money on that. Now, if you want to tease the Titans... A six-point teaser, a seven-point teaser. And if you don't know what a teaser means, it means you take points, six points, seven points, whatever the teaser may be, and you add that to the total of two different bets. So let me give you an example here. The Titans are minus 10. The over-under for the game is 44. What I could do is I could give six points to the Titans to bring them down to minus four and put six points on the over-under to put it up to 50 points and then bet the under and also bet the Titans at minus four. Right now, that's my best bet out of this combination. I don't like the over-under at 44. Don't like that. Could see the Jags offense completely puttering out and not scoring. Even if the Titans score, you know, 31 points and the Jags score 10, I mean... That's not going to be over. So I don't, I, and I don't like to bet unders because you're rooting for a lack of points, and that's kind of boring. So 
In my opinion, I would rather tease that up and go under. That's just the smart thing to do, even if I don't like going under. But for the teaser purposes, for a teaser, I would take that up to 50, bet the under, take the Titans down to minus four, and then ride that out. Now, I'm not trying to be pro-Jags, but the other reality here is Jags plus 16. I mean, I think the Titans are going to win the game, but the Jags most certainly could be within 16 points. That's a ton of points in the NFL, folks. It just is. So I'm not trying to be uh, pro-Jags, but I mean, that's a lot of points. So if you're a gambler and you want to make money, Jags plus 16 and then under 50, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good bet. Can't lie, that's a pretty good bet. Although I think the Titans still win the game and could still win the game by double digits. And speaking of that, my final score prediction. 27 to 13 Titans. 27 13 Titans. And Goskowski makes all his kicks. Two for two on his field goals, three for three on his extra points. Book it, lock it up, write it down. And Sharpie, doesn't matter. But that's going to do it for me today. That is our Friday game preview episode. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm pumping out content Monday through Friday. I pour my heart and soul into this, and I appreciate all of you guys that listen, review, like on Twitter when I post the show, retweet the show, like my film breakdowns, the Tic Tac 4-pack this week, retweet those. I put in a lot of effort, and I appreciate everybody who, uh, you know, returns that with a little bit of support. Thank you very much. And if you aren't subscribing to the show, following on following me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, please make sure to do so because the game recap episode on Monday will be lit guaranteed. So I can't wait to see you guys then. Well, talk to you guys then, I guess. But that's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.